Hi, everyone. Welcome to the How We Hustle podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Tanya. And we invite you to join us in our unfiltered conversation about the real life hustle of being an entrepreneur. For more information about the podcast, check out HowWeHustlePodcast.com. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at How We Hustle Podcast. You'll find information on new episodes as well as notable quotes from the episodes we do. So come check us out at How We Hustle Podcast on Instagram. Hey guys, today I'm interviewing Denise Walsh. She is a world-renowned direct sales expert, a best-selling author, a dreamcaster, and a bridge builder for the ambitious. She also has an incredible podcast called the Dreamcast Podcast, which I was interviewed on a couple of months ago. It's available anywhere you get your podcasts, and it's also available on YouTube. I will leave the links for her podcast as well as all the things that she discusses in this episode. So without further ado, here is Denise talking about how to cast your dream life. Welcome, Denise. Thanks for joining me. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay. So I want to just jump in right to what brought you here. What, what, tell me about your business a bit and how you got here. All right. So I have been an entrepreneur for over 11 years. Prior to that, I was a clinical psychologist. I got my master's in clinical psych. I kind of thought that was my best way to serve the world. And I did not honestly think that I had a business bone in my body. Um, but needless to say, we fell into our company, or I, I like to say the company found me um, in 2007. And we've been entrepreneurs with them for over 11 years. So going from somebody who was people focused, you know what I mean? Like in the psych world, I was all about helping people transform and really become their best selves. And then, and then I got to learn the business side, how to uh, draw people in, how to market, how to, um, you know, sign up customers and sign up distributors and create a team, a culture, a community where people can duplicate what I'm doing. And it was, let me just say not easy at first. I honestly didn't know if I had the skill set to do it, but I've learned so much along the way that now I'm excited to help teach and train and mentor and like just pour back all of the knowledge and wisdom that I've learned. Mm -hmm. And that's actually something I love about our podcast specifically is like, I like to show the like, not so cookie cutter, like not so like everything is beautiful side of the things and have people realize like no one came into like, no one was born an entrepreneur. You don't kind right. of the room knowing what to do. You kind of learn and like you've learned so much. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the things that you've learned along the way, maybe some nuggets of wisdom? Yeah, absolutely. So I came in, to, you know, I, um, I'm a network marketer. So I've been with my company at works for 11 years. And when I first got started, I remember thinking, I need to go back to school. Like maybe I need to go learn this. I, I I kind of identified myself as a hard worker and a really good follower. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And so I excelled in a lot of things that I did because I worked really hard, but I never identified myself as being the one to follow in a sense. So I was like, okay, tell me what to do and I'll do it. Maybe I need to go back to school for business. Maybe I need to go back to school for marketing. Maybe I need to go learn because that was all I knew. And I would look around left, look right. Look, I mean, I was watching everybody else, right? And I was thinking they are awesome and I am not. <laughs> and I need to be more like them. And so I was complaining one time to my husband, Brandon, who was honestly a vision. He was the visionary behind our business. I grew into that. And I remember he said something like, okay, Denise, 
Like you don't need to go back to school. All of this is learnable just by doing. And you've always been a good friend to people. Just do that. And it was in that moment when I realized like, oh, maybe my background in psychology will actually be an asset here. Maybe the fact that I was a camp counselor and led groups on mission trips and had to kind of create a sense of culture and community. And, and maybe, you know, maybe all of the skills that I had before I could actually do in my business now. And so instead of looking left and looking right and thinking that I stunk because I wasn't X, Y, and Z, I really started to say, okay, what do I have? Like, what are some of the skills that come naturally to me? Because honestly, if it comes naturally, I feel like we don't recognize them as strengths. So I had to take a step back and say, what am I already good at? And when I started to own what I was already good at, and I I feel like I stood prouder, I feel like I was more confident, my business started to grow, and my quote-unquote weaknesses got better anyway, just because I was moving faster and focusing on my strengths. Mm -hmm. I love that. To focus on the things that you're good at and actually recognizing them, even if they come naturally to you. That is such a good one. So what do you think was really important for you guys in growing that from the beginning when you didn't know anything? Like, how did you guys grow it? I, oh, let's see. Okay. So I hung out with people who did get it because I didn't quite get it. I wasn't an entrepreneurial spirit. Like my mom was a stay at home mom. My dad was a nine to fiver. And so again, I had to cultivate those skills, but I love that it's learnable. I love that it's learnable. So my husband was a visionary. He's always wanted to be an entrepreneur. He was an aerospace engineer, which sounds cool, but he was honestly bored out of his mind in nine to five land. And he wanted something bigger, more. He wanted to grow and develop. And so he was always looking for something. And then my friends, my friend's dad was the CEO of our company. And I hung out with with their family. They understood the business and they cast vision for me. So first I hung around with people that did get it. I found people that spoke my new language in a sense. And so I kind of did go back to school. I went to and hung out with people that were entrepreneurs and could cast vision for me. And I kind of hung on to their coattails. And what's interesting about Brandon and I in our business is we both are now full-time. We've been full-time in our business for eight, nine years now, is that we have very different roles. So Brandon, my husband, he loves digital marketing. He loves internet. He loves you know writing content and Facebook ads and all of the tech side of things. And then I love people. So not only did I hang around with people that could cast vision for me, I absorbed it and then I could cast it to my team. But we really did find our strength zone and then we could excel there without stepping on each other's toes. And that's what made it really fun. We had fun as we were growing because we were doing it together and we both felt like we had a space where we could really grow and thrive. That's incredible. And like, it seems like it's brought you guys so close together in the sense that you guys are getting to do this together instead of going to two separate jobs all day. Yeah. It's really fun because we have a shared goal and, and we get to brainstorm. Like you should see us at dinner, you know, our date nights. <laughs> we like love getting out a pen and paper and brainstorming and talking about funnels and what's our next marketing strategy or what are we going to, you know, what team activity are we going to do? And and it's just been really fun to have a shared goal and a shared path to get there. Because, and, and because we're not stepping on each other's toes, I feel like we allow each other the space to grow where I'm not like nitpicking everything he says and he's not 
in my business. You know, Mm -hmm. he trusts me with my side and I trust him with his. Mm -hmm. And why don't you tell everybody kind of like where you guys are now? Because I think it's like so incredible, like where you guys are now. It's just an inspiration for everyone. Yeah. So we have hit the top of the company, which is called Black Diamond. And Black Diamond means that you earn six figures a month for six consecutive months. And you know, it certainly was not a brain cell I had when I first got started in, in the business. I feel like I was like, when I first got started, I thought if I'm going to have a hobby, I might as well make money. I love health and wellness. We have a health and wellness company. So I was like, you know, if I'm going to have a hobby, I might as well make money with it. So I, I got started for $500 a month. Um, but what happens when you surround yourself with visionaries who cast vision and, and kind of cast that belief... I caught it, man. Not all, I caught it. And that vision for myself, the vision for my business, the vision for my team grew exponentially. And, and yeah, I mean, we're now making more in one month than we used to make in one year combined and have a team all over the world. Mm-hmm. That's so incredible. And like, can you tell everyone a, a bit about like how you lead that team? Cause I think that I've been in there to do a presentation for you guys and literally like it is incredible to see you lead that humongous group of people. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. Um, my team loved you, by the way. <laughs> um, and so, oh, okay. So there's a couple things. And I think it's so interesting in network marketing. We grow a lot of skills that you often don't necessarily need. So for example, if I'm creating a product in like a normal business and I market the product, I mean, of course, I want somebody to experience success with my book or my e-course or my, you know, product or whatever it is. But really, it's up to them. You know, like I don't really care how much, like what they do with it because they've already made, I've already made the money. Mm -hmm. Well, in our business, not only do I want you to purchase what we have, but I only make money when I get you to do something, when you take action too. So I've had to grow the skill of like, being somebody that people want to follow. So they say yes to joining the team, but then working to light a fire within them. So they grow, they step outside their comfort zone and they take action because I only experience success when other people experience success. And so within our team, we work to create a lot of opportunity for that. Those little like aha moments that say, I can do this. Because honestly, for me, it was that was when I re like when I realized I could do this, I, I flourished. But for a long time, I didn't know if I really had it in me. If I didn't, I didn't know if I had the skills. I didn't really know what I was doing. And so we create a lot of opportunities to help flip that switch for people. So we identify their strengths. We're looking at what they're doing well. We're creating a stage for them, for other people, not just me to say, good job, you can do it. So recognition is huge. We know that people would like live and die for recognition even more than money. And so we really try to recognize what people are doing well. It sounds like a silly example, but if you think of kindergarten class, like... The teacher says, thank you to Miss Susie who raise, is raising her hand correctly, you know, or raising her hand quietly. And like, let me call on you because you're doing things right. So when we call on the strengths and we call on the people that are taking action, that are plugging in, that are learning, that are growing, and we highlight their stories, more people want to do that too. So we kind of highlight those strengths. Mm-hmm. It's so true. I, even when I started out coaching, I was doing executive coaching and that is always what people would say to me. It's not that they wanted more money in their job to be happy. 
they wanted more acknowledgement mm-hmm. that people weren't noticing or seeing the things that they were doing well. And like, that was the thing that pretty much everyone I spoke to was unhappy about. It wasn't that they wanted to make more money. It was that they wanted to be recognized for the things that they were already doing. And people want to see progress. So even if it's not zero to hero in a week, they want to know that they're making movement. And so acknowledging the fact that they took action, whatever action that was, or acknowledging that they, you know, read that. I mean, they want to feel like they're making movements and not just spinning their wheels. And so we try to create those little milestones along the way as well. Yeah, it's so, so true. I was literally just talking about this with a friend on the golf course yesterday about how we celebrate everyone's little wins and the big wins in my group. It's like, I like to celebrate them. So we're all like realizing that we can do it. If this person can do it, they were where you were a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Do it too. And then noticing that we can celebrate everyone's wins together. It kind of feels like everybody's succeeding. So, well, and when you're an entrepreneur and whether you're in network marketing or you just kind of want to start your own business, it can feel lonely sometimes because whether we like it or not, there's so much to do that you can do on your phone and computer these days that you really can do a lot of it kind of on your own. And so creating that community where you don't feel like where you feel like you're a part of something bigger than your than yourself, you have a place to vent if you need to. You have a place where you know people are kind of going through similar things. That supportive community is really important too. I totally agree, and I honestly that's why I created a group program was because I actually didn't believe people when they said that to me when I started out as an entrepreneur. I don't know if you did, but I definitely didn't believe people. I was like, I'm not going to be lonely. No way. And to be honest, it wasn't the thing that I was working by myself. It was the fact that like, there was no one to talk to about the things you were doing. There was no one to celebrate or no one to vent to because the people who didn't understand it are the people that you had to kind of hold the like, everything is wonderful face. Cause like they were the ones who would like knock you down if you shared anything vulnerable with them. So brainstorming is so fun, you know, just brainstorming and thinking out loud and processing what's working and what's what and what's not working. And, and I I do think that something's missing if you don't have a space to do that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So on that topic, other like brainstorming and what else do you feel like um, you guys have as a team or that you create as a team that helps people succeed? We, we, really try to have kind of a well-oiled machine. So when you join the team, there's a process. Like you you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can learn as you go. And so the recognition, the team calls, the space for brainstorming, the space for learning, the space for celebrating the wins. But then we really work to create duplication because it's really cool if I can do it. But it, if it's not duplicatable and not your average Joe can can do it, <laughs> then, then you're not going to have distributors all over the world. And so we work to create something that somebody who's brand spanking new and maybe came in with the same mindset that I did, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Am I going to be good at this? Can take action and see results quickly. And then they can duplicate that within their team. So it's kind of like training new distributors, but then also training leaders at the same time, because eventually they're going to be quote unquote in charge of their own team. Mm -hmm. So I kind of take people through what I call their mentorship or internship process, which 
it's really not at all, but it's like, I'm teaching them all the basics of how to sign up a customer, how to sign up a distributor, how to talk about the products, all the newbie things. But then also we take them on a journey towards leadership so they can then learn the skills to inspire, coach, mentor, and create culture as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. So what what would you say was your vision when you first began? Because now, I mean, and then we can go to your vision now, but like, what was the vision originally when you first started? Well, when I first started, it really was just like, this will be fun. You know, I, I, my friend was the person who I joined and they looked like they were having a ton of fun. And Brandon has always wanted to be an entrepreneur or something we could do together. So I thought this will be fun and it'll, you know, give us an extra 500 bucks a month. That's a car payment. Cool. Mm-hmm. And, and as my vision grew, I mean, my vision grew. And I remember one time, you know, the first time we had a $20,000 a month check, the first time we had a $42,000 a month check. And then I remember my, my husband put up 86, no, 84, 84,000 on our whiteboard. And it stood and it was there. We looked at it for a year before we actually earned, you know, 80, 84 plus thousand a month. And so the vision, the, 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 the money mindset grew for sure. Once we realized what was possible prior to this, I thought, this is just my lot in life. This is just my piece of the pie. I have to accept it. But once I realized that there is a lot of money out in the world and it's just up to me to go get it or to allow it in, um, my whole money mindset changed. And then with that, the dream started to get bigger too. You know, I, we, I dreamt of Scott starting a scholarship because my grandma, I always say your why is born out of a blessing or a burden. And my grandma who grew up in the thirties, like she saved all her money and, you know, passed away with a lot of money and ended up paying with our paying my college loans or all my college. So I wanted to create a scholarship. So this, for the past three years, we have created a scholarship and we have been able to give back in that way. And that was a dream that was born because I now had a brain cell for it. Let me think what else? I mean, we went to Africa for 10 days, both my husband and I, I mean, you think of 10 days off of work, 10 days together, you know, like to be able to experience that give back together is, was, um, you know, a mind shift for both of us. And then even just having two boys who we feel like we have changed the legacy of our family, like so much about who we are and the way we view the world has shifted over the course of the 11 years. It's honestly like we're different. We're totally different. Mm -hmm. That actually brings up a question that I would love to ask you guys about like, how did your like relationships with your friends and family change? Cause I know that's something that comes up a lot with me on my client calls is that, you know, a lot of the times our friends and family are not necessarily very supportive of us um, or that they don't believe in us. Sometimes that happens. Or sometimes we have people that are like such great supporters. Um, and then sometimes people change. Like my parents weren't the greatest supporters at the beginning and now they're like all in it, you know, mm-hmm. like, Yeah. Especially with network marketing, you get a lot of like, is this a pyramid scheme? What do you, you know? And, and obviously, honestly, I have learned that if somebody says that to me, like it makes them look stupid, not me. (laughs) They don't even know what a pyramid scheme is if they say that. Um, but at first, certainly we had warm market people that were kind of like, you're weird and gullible Denise fell for something again. And, uh, you know, because we, weren't raised with an entrepreneurial brain cell. A lot of times we were raised with nine to five, go to college, work in the same place for 30 years and then do fun things. And, and so for me to do something different, 
was different. So quickly, honestly, we didn't recruit our warm market quickly because they weren't entrepreneur thinkers. And so we had to go find people who were, who understood the vision of having your own business and owning your own time. We worked with chiropractors and salon owners and, you know, until we were able to cast vision for the stay at home mom who also wants to make money from her phone and, you know, all the other personal trainers and all the other places where this fits naturally. And once, this is hilarious. So we got to Triple Diamond, which is typically about $10,000 a month. We both quit our jobs. We went to Australia for six weeks to to get the wrap and, and recruit as many Aussies as we could. And that's when my warm market started to sign up. That's when they started to say, okay, I'm listening now. Mm-hmm. And and I had cousins, my sister, all start to join our team. And so because they're a part of our journey now... Um, it just makes the business that much more fun because it's impacting not just my life, but really the trickle down effect of our whole family. That is amazing. Yeah. Cause I definitely have seen that. Like there's definitely where like a, a time when the tides do change, like they have to like see something. I always think about like Wayne Dyer when he always said that you have to believe it to see it, but other people, they have to see it to believe it. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely. Yeah. We, we like to say, see, do teach, see it, do it, teach it. So often, People have to see it. You know, they either see the party, they see the three-way call, they see the success, and then they can do it themselves. And once they do it themselves, then they can teach it to others. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, Okay, that's amazing. So what do you think is the biggest mistake that you see people making? Um, Okay, there's two things that I think the one percenters do. And and I think that there's a one percent for a reason. And because they do these things. (laughs) Okay, I love it. Um, okay. The first one is they know what they want. They know what they want. Most people, and I was here too. I would be like, whatever the world's my oyster. I could do whatever, but that's not clarity, you know? And so I think sometimes people will start their own business and they're like, hopefully it works or it's just wishy-washy. It's gray. Uh, And and nothing can move when you, when you're feeling confused or in the middle. So decision and clarity and having that clear picture of what you want your life to look like is key. And I think that a lot of times people will be, especially in our business, right? They're like, hopefully this works. We'll see. And like, no, it's not going to work if you have an attitude. I hate that attitude. We'll see. Maybe. Hopefully. Like, I know. You know I'll try. You're like, no, nothing's going to happen. And, <laughs> and you. don't try. Yes, exactly. So one thing that I, I tell people all the time is that 99% in is harder than 100% in. When you're 100% in, you there's it's black and white. You're either are you aren't. You're going for it 100%. When you're 99%, quote unquote, in, you have an out all the time and, and, and it's easy to take it. So clarity is king, a hundred percent. And, but then also being a finisher, most people give up too soon. They give up too soon because they haven't developed the skills. And so they think they can't do it when really they just need to develop a few more skills. And, and so being a finisher means walking through the mud. It means focused on the finish line. It means experiencing the roller coaster journey, enjoying it, but seeing it through till the finish line, till the end. Mm-hmm. And there's been so many times where I was like, this is hard. This is not easy. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do this, but I am a finisher. So I will Google it and I will ask for help and I will learn. Yeah. I will get help. Like 
I think that that's so true. Like I always use the example of JK Rowling, who's like a billionaire now. And like, she got 12 no's in a row before she got a yes. Like she was bankrupt, homeless, like everything. And look at her now, look at Harry Potter now. Like, yeah, that was a worldwide sensation. And if she had stopped at 11. Jack Canfield mentioned when, um, cause he wrote chicken soup for the soul back in the nineties and he had 127 no's before he got a yes. And it was because nobody understood a book with short stories. That's weird. We don't understand that. That doesn't make any sense. Yes, I know. And they, and it's like, like a whole, I mean, it's a billion dollar brand now. Mm -hmm. And often if people, if most people are saying, I don't get it, that usually means you're in a good space because you're creating something new. Just like, you know, if you told a cowboy about a car and you're like, did you know? that it will take you three hours instead of three days to get to this city. They would be like, I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't think that that's possible. Or even and like Elon Musk, he's like trying to yeah. figure out we can live on Mars and people think he's crazy. Well, if he didn't really believe that he could actually figure it out, do you think he'd be wasting his money on that? I don't think so. And that's how you know you're on the brink of something amazing because mm-hmm. <laughs> if everybody understands it immediately, then it's probably old news. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I mean, we wouldn't have had airplanes if someone thought that's crazy. I still think it's crazy. I know. We still don't quite understand how it works, yeah. but we get on them all the time. Exactly. But it works and like people use it. So I definitely think that you can't stop at now. And if it's like you go through a lot, I think it's so true. You go through a lot of disappointments, ones where you might cry, ones where like it ruins your like month or your day or whatever. But that is kind of the roller coaster ride of being an entrepreneur is you have to keep trying and taking risks. I think that we get good at yeah. realizing that like, Oh, it's just part of the journey. But at the beginning, yeah. Well, and I think sometimes we think this must mean I shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And so we take it as an external sign. Like, I guess this means I shouldn't do it when really it's just a part of the game. Mm-hmm. And so I've had all of it. I've experienced fear of success, fear of failure, fear of what if it falls apart, fear of what will people think, fear of, am I good enough? Am I worthy? Who am I? I mean, all of the things. But once I realized that it didn't mean anything, I didn't let it mean anything. And I just kept moving forward. And then I moved past it. Mm-hmm. And I think like we wouldn't really be in this position. You wouldn't be given the opportunity if you weren't meant to do that. I think the universe definitely throws things at you to be like, are you sure you're sure about this? Are you sure you're going to do it? Are you sure you're committed? Because I think it has to test us to make sure that we're actually going to follow through. And so, and we're ready for the success. You know, I think a lot of people would have experienced our success and crumbled, but because we had been through the mud, like we owned it, man, we were, <laughs> we were ready for it. We, you know, all the eyes on you, the, the, talks on stage, you know, the, the, everybody asking your, your opinion and your questions. And I mean, we sign magazines. I mean, all the crazy stuff that happens. Uh, we certainly didn't let it go to our heads. Cause we, I mean, we knew the hard work that went into it, but we also didn't shy away from it. And I think a lot of times people can, when they experience success, want to run it hide. And so I feel like it really developed us along the way too. Mm-hmm. It's actually so interesting. I literally was having that conversation yesterday and I was just like, I think you, I think it's something to be proud of. Like you worked for this. You, we should be celebrating that. Not like pretending like, Oh, I just want to be humble and like quiet. about it. Like, no, because I think it inspires people to hear your story. Yeah. People need a path to follow. Mm-hmm. And so being, you know, breaking through the five minute mile, as they say, I'll give people a path to follow and lets them know that it's possible. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if they want to find out more about you and hear your podcast, because you also have an amazing podcast, um, and get a hold of you, how can they do that? All right. So I started a podcast this past year called Dreamcast, and it's really for anybody who wants to design their own dream life. It's deciding what you want and then developing the skills in order to get there. So you can find that on all major podcast players. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at the Denise Walsh. And I do have a workbook coming out soon. And if you go to denisewalsh.com, a little drop down will pop up and I'll send you my free dream life design map. And then you'll also give you, uh, it'll, I'll send you um, the 50% off coupon for the dream life workbook that's coming out. And the workbook is something I'm really excited about because after, you know, 11 years in the business, five years at community mental health, doing like my psychology stuff, and then years of camp counseling, even before then. Um, plus I've been trained with Jack Canfield and John Maxwell. I've really found a system, in my opinion, that can help people take their dreams and put them, put legs on them, like put, give, put feet to it and, and transform their life from a one to a 10. Because I do believe we all should be living top, like dream 10 lives all the time. I mean, in all areas, maybe not all at the exact same time, but you know what? I do think that we're, most people are living a four and I challenge everybody to live a 10. So you are going to want this workbook because it will allow, like get, teach you the skills to take your life from a four to a 10 and, and any step. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. Mm-hmm. And I will leave those links in the show notes of this episode. So thank you so much, Denise, for being here. Like I couldn't be happier to have you on the podcast. Cause like you're a freaking star. Like I freaking love <laughs> And it just inspires me to watch you be such an incredible leader. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I know we'll be in in touch because we certainly are, um, you know, we're paving a way and we're, we're heading in the same direction. So I love it. Yes. Thank you. And that's a wrap on another episode of How We Hustle. For more information, check out howwehustlepodcast.com.